Hi, I'm Andrew Main, and this is the Maniac Podcast. Now, the goal of this podcast is for me to answer any questions you may have about the show Don't Trust Andrew Main on A&E on Monday nights, about my books, which you can find on Amazon. Just look for Andrew Main or go to andrewmainbooks.com or myself or anything else. Now, since this is the first episode, I don't actually have any questions to answer. So if you want to send me questions, just send them to questions at andrewmain.com and I'll do my best to answer them when I can in sort of a timely manner. Although I don't have any questions, I can answer a question I get a lot, and that is, how did I get into magic? So my earliest magic memory, I think maybe four or five years old, I just went out fishing with my grandfather, my dad, and my brother, and I'm standing in the kitchen of our house we lived in in Oregon, there's a big window in back of there. My grandfather's sitting at the table. My father's sitting at the table. And I'm there wearing these muddy boots that go all the way up to my knees. We'd go fishing, but then my brother and I'd go running across rocks and through creeks and stuff. So I'm, I'm covered in mud, boots up to my knees. And my grandfather shows me a magic trick. He takes a quarter from his pocket. He sets it on the table. Now, you may have seen magicians where they take a coin and do sleight of hand, pass it from hand to hand, or do some sort of method to make it vanish like that. That's not what he did. My grandfather picked up the quarter, put it on its side, and spun it on the table like a top. And the quarter started spinning around and around and around and around. And I'm watching this quarter, watching it intently. He brings his hands on either side of the quarter and then snaps his fingers. And just like that, the quarter is gone. It vanished right in front of me, instantly gone. Four years old, five years old, I'm blown away. This is the most incredible thing I've ever seen. My grandfather just made a physical metal object disappear. He has got superhero powers, which I already thought highly of him already. This guy was a war hero, incredible guy, and now he can do that. But it didn't stop. My grandfather points to me. So where'd it go? I'm like, I don't know. You made it vanish. How would I know? Just take off your boot. I lift my foot off the floor. I grab my boot slide it off of my foot, and it's tight. It's tight like a glove. I slide it off, turn it upside down, and the quarter falls out, falls to the ground. I pick it up. I was amazed. To this day, that is the most incredible magic trick I've ever seen. And honestly, I don't know how he did it. Seeing that made me want to learn how to do magic. So ever since then, my father encouraged me in my interest in magic. Where he worked, there was a... uh, magic shop nearby. So every now and then he might pick me up a little magic trick. He'd perform it for me at the dinner table and then teach me how to do it. And then I would get magic books and then we'd start to build magic props like how to cut your friends in half. And so that would be a Saturday project. We'd go to the Humber store, pick up some plywood, build some prop that I'd then go perform in a school show. And my interest kept developing from there. I was also interested in science and I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a scientist or a magician when I grew up. And I think the thing that ruined me for science and maybe decided that I wanted to become a magician was one Christmas, we open up our presents, and there's an envelope on the tree. And I didn't know this. My father points this out to me and says, there's one more present. And I open up the envelope, and I look inside of there, and there are two tickets. January 17th. Remember the date. David Copperfield. I'd never seen David Copperfield perform live before in my life. I'd seen him on TV specials. That was it. And you understand, to this kid from Oregon at that point, 
David Copperfield was the same as James Bond or Superman or whatever. I mean, he was a large-in-life figure that I only saw on television and who did amazing things. This was the guy that vanished the Statue of Liberty. All right, this is a guy that walked through the Great Wall of China. All right? So I got to go see him perform live. It was like meeting any one of your fictional heroes or getting to see him perform, whatever. It was incredible. So my father took me to the show, and even right as we're about ready to watch the show, as the curtain's about to open, I still wasn't sure if I was really going to get to see a live show or it was just going to be like a big TV screen because I've heard of pay-per-view boxing matches where you pay money to go watch TV. But no, curtains open up. There was this clear box on stage. It fills with smoke. The sides fall down. And there's David Copperfield. I watched the entire show on the edge of my seat. When I went home that night, I was so excited, so full of adrenaline, I could not sleep. I stayed awake the entire night just thinking about what I saw. And I think by the next day, I knew I had to become a magician. I was 12 years old. And from that point forward, magic became my passion. And I started to be interested in all the other magicians I could see. I loved Harry Anderson, Penn and Teller. As I got older, I was able to appreciate Doug Henning and realized that there was a very big world out there for magic, and I wanted to be a part of it. By the time I got to high school, I still had an interest in science, and I thought maybe I wanted to become a scientist, but my passion for magic really was so much so that I spent a lot more time thinking about that than I did about my grades. And so my senior year of high school, I had to make a decision. My friends were all applying to colleges, and I needed to figure out what I was going to do next. So instead of applying to colleges, I put together a video. I got my girlfriend at the time, and we took some of the magic props my dad had helped me build. And I made a video of me performing my magic in front of a what looked like a professional showbiz background. I had some glitzy-looking costumes made for me by a costumer who used to work for Siegfried and Roy, now moved to South Florida. And I sent that off to Cruise Lines. Now, the problem was I was still a teenager, and I knew a cruise line might not want to hire somebody still in their teens to headline a show. So a lot of people in this business would tell you that they're younger. I told them that I was older. I was 18. I told them I was a very mature 23, and I got hired. And my first contract was a six-month tour on a cruise ship. Got to headline my own show, and it was an amazing experience. I'd perform 15 minutes of comedy magic on a Wednesday, and I'd do an hour show on a Friday. From there, I did more ships, I did resorts, I performed in Japan, and I got to work around the world performing my magic shows. And it was an incredible experience. Now, there's a whole other story about eventually me kind of getting a little bit burnt out on that kind of magic, the review show style of magic, and really wanting to find out who I was as a performer. But that's how I got my start. That's how I got into magic, and that's largely what made me who I am today and why I'm here talking to you. Along the way, I've been able to work with some really great people. I've had some wonderful mentors and some friends who have given me a lot of help, and I'm very grateful for that, and probably I'll be able to talk about them later on in some other episodes. In the meantime, if you have any questions you'd like me to answer, feel free to send them to questions at andrewmain.com, and don't forget to watch Don't Trust Andrew Main on a and &E Monday nights. And in the meantime, check out one of my books. You can go to andrewmainbooks.com, find them there. And if you want to keep up to date on all the latest information, go to andrewmain.com and sign up for my mailing list, the Maniac Mailing List. Until next time, I'm Andrew Main. Keep it weird.